Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And his true adventure journey from Santa Barbara, California to Peru, the twilight world of ascended guides and the deepest depths of his soul, our guest today imparts the 13 universal wisdom teachings and his genius process for integrating them into your life. This process enables you to shed the layers of ego, pretentiousness, false beliefs, and values that separate you from the divine genius, your authentic, creative, loving, and abundant life force. This is part two in a three-part series. I'm so happy to continue this conversation, and we're going to dig into the second four wisdom teachings of this book called Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your heart and mind, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest, Adam Hall is committed to helping individuals unlearn the beliefs, behaviors, and habits that shield them from discovering their divine genius, the key to acknowledging and activating their true divine selves. In his new book, Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, Adam shares the 13 universal wisdom teachings and the genius process that led to his transformation, discovered on the extraordinary journey that took him from the shores of Santa Barbara to the jungles of Brazil and Peru. Welcome back for part two, Adam. Thank you, Julie. It's great to be here with you and all your listeners and uh, look forward to checking in with everybody today and sharing, sharing the journey together. Excellent. Well, as we explained in part one this book alternates between indiana jones adventure style to real life reflections and then the delivery of the lessons it's very mystical and yet like it can be a page turner with the indiana jones part adam it's just so fun to read this book and we are keeping our listeners in suspense i can't wait to get toward the end of this show and maybe give them a hint of what's yet to come here but can you set the foundation for our conversation for those that might not have listened to part one with an introduction of of what you call the voice of men and that 81 day journey that the book pivots around it's it that's the indiana jones part that's so fun to go i'm okay i'm at 79 i'm on okay here we go so <laughs> tell us more that's right well we we the life is such an amazing adventure and i think you probably would agree now more than ever especially with the invitation to all of us to really kind of quantum leap into our our, our greatest potential, and um, that journey for me began uh, some years ago, about 18 years ago, and I begin walking a path that 
it was gonna I I had hoped and seeking a path that would lead ultimately to the authentic self, you know, the, the, really the purity of my soul and my heart and what's my mission here. And this book, The Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, is the second part of uh, my life's trilogy. And uh, what emerged in, in this book, um, as compared to my first book, The Earthkeeper, Undeveloping the Future, what emerged is these 13 deep uh, original universal wisdom teachings. In other words, like stepping stones on a path are like plots and points on a map. They are guides into our most authentic self, our most integral self of our soul. And I begin this journey of uh, back in 2000 uh, and 2012, I should say, to be exact, with an invitation through my morning practices of meditation to um, meet with what I referred to as Ascended Master. Um, I gave this Ascended Master the name Men, M-E-N, not in a gender context, but Men is an archetypal energy in Mayan cosmology of the eagle, which is the high seer, the one that flies between heaven and earth, uh, sees far and wide, and is the wise one. The wise one is the one that is interconnecting our earthly nature with our heavenly nature. So I sat with him for a period of 81 days straight and attuned to uh, the deep wisdom that he was imparting and also integrated that wisdom, those universal wisdoms, with really my own life experience. Because as we all know, without experience, it's just information. So that's why I share that Indiana Jones thread throughout the book because it's the adventure um, and I kind of approach my life that way, Julie, um, that life is an adventure and the great mystery of what lies in the unknown or around the corner or meeting others or, you know, just the idea of something new in our curiosity has always enlivened me with a lot of joy and a lot of fun and it's created aggravation and pain and all of that too, but at the same time, it's what um, I call just the quest for sovereignty, the quest for liberation. And that was the journey that I share in The Divine Genius, uh, The Unlearning Curve. And this time, I also weaved in those deep teachings because I wanted to share with others a pathway, a way forward into their own liberation and their own empowerment. And that's that's what came forth in the divine genius. And those 13 wisdom teachings are those steps, those 13 steps into that place of authenticity into your own genius. Thanks, Adam. It's a great introduction. And this book moves you're a master storyteller 
you're a master storyteller and it weaves from the adventure story of these 81 days and then just weaves in your history and your relationships and your pain and your real life experiences and then it comes to these teachings and you do a, a beautiful job of laying them out and then giving us all um, the practice of, of how do we really integrate and embody this. It's just, it's really genius. But before we jump in, we're going to talk about the second four, the, the wisdom teachings here. But there's this foundational concept in the book that I want to just touch on because you've mentioned it several times here, the unlearning curve. Um, unlearning is an important piece of this story. It's an important, really, um, almost a, a beacon calling us in this epic time on the planet as well. It's it's a really important piece. So what is the premise of unlearning and why is it so important? The premise of uh, unlearning, kind of the hypothesis here, is that we we – it, it directly from A Course in Miracles, which I've been a student of, uh, Julie, for 18 years, is that we need do nothing. In other words, um, that we have, we've been given a, a great inheritance, so to speak, of our genius, of our light, of the love and nature, the nature of who we actually are. And that is that, it, that idea has been simply... Um, filtered or diminished or not remembered, whatever that may be in, the, in spiritual speak, because we adopted a, another thought system away from from the wholeness and the authenticity and the genius that we are. And that thought system is the thought system of, of the ego, and that thought system, it lives in separation. And that thought system simply is what needs to be unlearned. In other words, we don't need anything from our external world in the context of our own personal development and conscious evolution. That that is that has been given, and it's simply a matter of peeling away and taking away of the sense and the thought system of separation. So in the divine genius, the unlearning curve, uh, it takes the reader back to the source of the problem. In other words, we've heard it a million times, Einstein, we can't solve the problem from the place the problem was separate, uh, where it was created. In other words, the problem was created in separation and you cannot solve a problem within that place. That's why many of us become endless seekers on this path, why we feel continuously stuck and basically imprisoned by our past conditioning, our traumas and all these things, because we're in the place of trying to solve the problem in the problem. The unlearning process takes us back to the place where the problem was created and then at that source, we get to choose again. We can choose the same old thought system and continue the same way. Or we can choose the thought system of spirit, of the divine genius. We can choose the process that is based and comes from a place of love and not fear. So we must unlearn 
in as compared to learn something new. Mm, thank you. While you're while you're right there, you're using the term divine genius, and maybe you can explain to our listeners. Um, how you see divine genius and then our personal genius mind, our divine mind, or or what is the difference between those terms and how you use them in the book? You speak a lot about ego and, and choosing that spiritual path that you that you just introduced. I'd be happy happy to. Um, d- divine genius is a reference to the Buddha mind or the Christ mind or the God mind, whatever that means to you, whatever language suits you, but it is a transcendent force within the universe that offers us its divinity and the genius of what it, 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 it that it creates and flow that at what flows into the world through us. So that divinity of genius comes into a connection place within our mind, not in our body and in our heart, but in our, our, our mind, in our higher mind. And that's where that intersection happens with our genius and the divine genius. And that connection creates a place of authentic tr- power. Uh, it's our authentic truth res- is, is activated in within that place. And we begin to live our life, which Sri Aurobindo wrote a beautiful book about called The Divine Life. And the idea is when our genius mind connects with the divine genius of the universe, the quantum field, we are fully living uh, a divine life. That reminds me of one of my favorite quotes in your book. It's a real simple sentence, two sentences. You wrote, in the ego mind, death stalks you. In the genius mind, infinite, infinity claims you. <laughs> I love that. Yes, and yes, yes, indeed. And that's very shamanic because in, in the shamanic traditions, we, we view the ideas and the events of our lives and people in our lives is opportunities in the earth school to um, let die away all that no longer serves us there hence death is stalking us because ultimately it's liberating us into the eternal or the infinite place of our our deeper truth our eternal infinite nature i love that and and this deeper, eternal nature, that infinite truth, it's uh, in your um, book. There's this journey toward um, becoming an instrument of God, like becoming an instrument for that infinity. And that the difference is, is that it's less about um, serving you now and more about how you can serve the greater good. How do you serve the greater whole? How do you come out of your smaller self and, and really show up to be that instrument of God, that intr- instrument of the infinity here, bringing more light on the planet? Say more about that journey. Well, I, I love that, Julie, and that's that's wisdom there because ultimately there was a choice point for me uh, 
where I was going to continue to live kind of this life of separation. And that happened back in 2004 when that proverbial dark night of the soul commenced or that midlife uh, awakening, so to speak, uh, came into play. And um, I I wasn't going to bury it in my uh, bottle of tequila or my other pathologies of working obsessively or being living kind of a narcissistic life. And that point really moved in a, in a very powerful way when I begin to recognize that, my gosh, there's something greater than myself. <laughs> that uh, the, the, the world that around me was magnificently alive. And I'm not just talking about people or my, my three daughters. And I'm talking, talking about nature and our interconnectivity with the planet and the cosmos. And in that place, I begin to f- say, well, my goodness sakes, you know, how can I l- help leave this world a better place? And then ultimately that process of coming into service was is a process that I, I find and consistently find every day. It's kind of the secret sauce of living life, the divine life. Um, it's maybe not so secret because ultimately in the process of giving, because giving is receiving. And I've been receiving abundantly and I feel very grateful and very blessed. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for expanding on that um, of service to a greater whole, but also adding in the relationship with nature and our planet, our beautiful, sacred, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful land that we live on and the plants and the animals and the, the everything about it. Um, your book is filled with your connection to earth and that shamanic tradition that's alive inside of you as well. So that's an important thing. You, in this, the fifth wisdom mm-hmm. is a lesson on peace. And you learn that you need to do nothing because peace already exists inside you and everything and everyone. You're taught that the peace of God lies within. Teach us more about peace. Well, I'd be I'd be happy to. Um, and in the context of um, the thought system. Um, that is anything but peaceful, and that's you know the ego mind, and it's designed that thought system is designed to do everything that creates uh, chaos, and it it's very evident in the world that we have often controlled chaos, but oftentimes it's not not so controlled and it, it appears in its own ways um, that aren't so pleasant, be it war or aggravation or the tremendous amount of division that is 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 well underway now more than ever on the planet. You can, you can just look anywhere from our, our leaders to our politics, to our conversations, to our media, to all kinds of things. And ultimately, it um, it is a it is an entrenchment of the divided, separate mind that lives either in fear, Doctor Julie, 
or it can live in love. And the fear-based mentality and process, thought process of that separate mind is driven through all of us because that separate mind knows that if there's a sense of peace and presence that is offered in love in the presence of our own genius mind, that it will no longer exist. I mean, it's as simple as, are you peaceful? And are you feeling that in your body? Or are you feeling a sense of of fear or agitation or anxiety or stress? And of course, we're all living in both of those experiences. It's not a question of that. It's only a question, are we aware of those circumstances? And as we become more conscious, then I, I, I found it's an invitation to really become more present, more peaceful, more still. So the idea of peace as put forth here is an emergence that comes through coming into a deeper relationship with that authentic self, that soulful self, that heart-centered self. And of course, the the big thing about the idea of experiencing this, this sense of deep inner peace is that everything really begins there. Because if we're not peaceful, you think about it, it becomes a life of we're either acting from fear, perceiving fear, living in a world that just creates a lot of stress. So what we offer in the divine genius, the unlearning curve, are these ideas that we can really find peace by simply not by simply identifying the source that keeps us in a place that's not peaceful. And that's the whole idea of the genius process. We look at the source of what creates a, a, the unpeaceful unstable, chaotic place in our minds that seemingly is never finding a place to take a breath. So hopefully that's a little, mm. that's helpful around peace. Yeah. And you, you do talk about conflict and chaos a lot. And then this process of, of losing the ego mind and, and really, really kind of embodying this divine genius so that you can expand it. So you, you talk about this process and, and this is in the peace section that really is about losing the identification with the body. And there's a quote I really appreciate, Adam. Again, it, it your words are poetic in so many levels. And then there's the adventure. There's so much in this book. It's so good. It will, here's your quote. It will all remain and it will all be gone. <laughs> I love that juxtaposition. What do you mean about that when we're talking about the ego dissolution and the mind when it will all remain and it will all be gone? We're talking about identification with the body and the ego. <laughs> well, thank thank you. Thank you for that. Be, because it's only that which is true and deeply authentic remains. Mm. It, however, the world will still be in its own chaotic state. People are going to do what they do. And that is not the point. The point is, what are you going to do? What is it that you want to know is your deep inner place of your truth? At your, how do you feel? What emotions are we feeling? Are we feeling the presence of the peace of God? 
And that's the idea because that truth will remain and all those that are in relationship with that peace within you, they too will remain. One of the great fears that I have is it was that I would lose my children along the way. And that process of it was a journey of which I had to feel in and look at my fear of that and then allow myself to trust enough to embrace the truth of my love for them and my deep relationship with them, no matter what would happen, no matter where I would go. Mm. And that's remained. You know, one of the things before we go to break, I just want to presence this um, before the break because you're talking about your children. And one of my favorite spots in the book was this tender spot where you're so vulnerable talking about your children and the pain of, of literally divorce and not seeing them and them not wanting to be with you. And I really appreciated the place where you described a a safe place for you to go within and be with your girls. And that is such a powerful tool, I think, for anyone that's listening here. Can you say more about that? Because that is really brilliant for all of us in these times of separation to really come into. Well, I, I uh, it's such a great point that you, you bring up, whether it's a, a place of uh, our children or where there's any potential conflict or challenges in our lives, I view that as an invitation to go to what I refer to as the meeting place. So I created a practice that's transcendent of, in this case, their story and my story. Because if, if they have a story that's different than my story, and of course their experience is different than mine, no better, no worse, not right or wrong. It's not a matter of that. But the invitation from spirit, the invitation from the divine genius is to come to a transcendent place to meet where some would say that's kind of a new, neutral space. But I found it to be a, 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 a place of a lot of fun, of a lot of joy, of putting forth new ideas with my children, of painting a new life, so to speak, as we talked about in our last session, Artist of Consciousness. So I've invited them to really step into a new place. And this is a great way, I find, whether you're in business and there's conflict resolution that's needed, to create a new meeting, meeting place. And that way, it's transcendent of an old story and you get to create a new one together. And from my experience... It makes a difference. It changes reality in the external world. So thank you for bringing that brilliant suggestion to all of us readers of your book. I'm Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. We're here with Adam Hall, author of Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve. After a brief break, we're going to come back and learn three more of the wisdom lessons that I know can change your life. We'll be right back. The Empower Meditation Channel. Nonstop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. 
music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. Peekaboo! Peekaboo! Smile! Smile, buddy! Come on, smile! Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. (sighs) Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism. And we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Okay, gang. So, chances are there'll never be an emergency ever, ever again. Mm-hmm. But, just in case, let's talk about a plan. Okay. So, who's going to do what? Anyone? Uh... Yeah, okay, perfect. We'll figure it out as we go. So, who is going to grab the go bag? What's a go bag? It is a bag we do not have that is filled with things we really, really need in an emergency. Guess we won't have to worry about it then. Ah, good point. So, uh, we all know who to call if something happens then, right? I'd have to call Jill, Devin, Melissa, Karen, and Bruce. And I will try to call all of you, but Greg doesn't have a cell phone. Dad's phone will have a dead battery. No doubt. And Julie will be on the phone with Jill, Devin, Melissa, Karen, and Bruce. Well, this is great. <laughs> I am so glad that we don't have a plan. I know. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck for Dave2037 so he can buy anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. What are you getting Steve2037? Steve2037 will be just fine. Well, okay, but don't expect to borrow my anti-gravity boots. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. And on the leading edge of personal social and global transformation, I invite you to be a way shower, a change agent, to make connections that inspire and accelerate our collective awakening and planetary healing. Stay connected every week with my newsletter where you'll find meaningful content, opportunities, and inspiration. And sign up for that at juliecrollemail.com. Again, that's juliecroll, K-R-U-L-L, email. Dot com. And I'm here with Adam Hall today, author of Divine Genius. You can find Adam at adamhall.solutions. Very simple, Adam Hall, 
www.thepodcast.solutions. Adam, welcome back to the second half. Wonderful, wonderful to be here and looking forward to the flow. Me too. And and um, these next couple, the, these wisdom teachings, we could do a show on each one of them alone. They're so profound and important here. And yet, on to lesson six here. The ego's purpose is to create an experience of separation. And the genius mind uses the body and physical world to communicate the unconditional love of the higher heart. In the book, you talk about a new definition of love. This love is so important. Can you share with our listeners what is your definition of love and what can you teach us about love? Well, my own personal journey, uh, Dr. Julie, to, to love has been a real ride. Um, it's interesting because during this kind of period, this period that we've been in with the pandemic and the times where we can have a little more solitude and a little more reflective period in our lives and whatever that's meant for each of you it 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 meant um for me it was an invitation to come into a a deeper place of self acceptance Mm -hmm. um to to love the places within me that had felt so unloved to to deepen that presence of the divine love the divine the the love of of the divine mother and the divine father, but to come into that inner temple of love that resides within uh, all of us. And what I share um, in the divine genius, the unlearning curve around this wisdom teaching is that love, uh, unconditional love is a transcendent state of our physical uh, body. And we can come into an experience of that unconditional divine love of the beloved, both within ourselves and others, through a deep sense of presence of peace within ourselves. So peace that we just spoke about is such a key condition for all else. And it offers us that opportunity to embrace the totality of who we are in body, in our emotions, in our mind, and in our spirit, to embrace that with the divine love of our divine genius, our greater God, our greater being, Wantanka, in the indigenous traditions, whatever that may be. So love is the unification and a wholeness of who we are in body, heart, mind, and spirit. Mm. Thanks, Adam. There's this, um, as you were talking, and I was thinking about this pandemic that hopefully we're all moving out of, but but you're right. There was this coming in and this um, sense of social distancing and our relationship with ourselves and one another have, have shifted and, and our relationship with technology shifted and um, I am very fam- similar to you in that um, my COVID experience of literally getting COVID and, and recovering from COVID um, moved me into a deeper 
innate expression of this greater love. It it and it's it's hard to even put into words, um, Adam, the the magnitude of this different kind of love that you're talking about. And you know, people talk about unconditional love a lot, and I don't know that that's our right word to really get to the depths of this spiritual experience, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, it's an important, it's an important transformative force um, of of a love that that wakes in us that I think is so hopeful for us in these times. Well, most most certainly, certainly is in these environmental conditions and planetary conditions uh, uh, like now more than ever I think you probably would agree are offering us this invitation into a place beyond fear um, because it's either fear or it's love and if we're standing upon our own ground of who we are and our own identities that is based on the separation of then we're functioning in a place of fear. And the fear meter, I think, as we all know, has been off the charts. It's subsided a bit right now, but there are many great things that are on our horizon that are offering us an opportunity to embrace the depth of the love of who we are and the infinite nature of that. And that's how I perceive the world in its own right is just an invitation to 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 love and into a place that offers us a place of of, of surrender um that deep inner trust of absolute certainty as a practice of course it's not certainly not a destination i find myself challenged every day in my life to to show up into be in the presence of love and to allow love to to guide the way forward and this is the great opportunity now more than ever because the life school <laughs> is is putting us putting us to a test no no doubt about that yes that's for sure isn't it okay I want to get through these next couple of wisdom teachings I think it's important we're on to seven true function this is not a normal phrase that we may have heard in spiritual teachings here what is true function and how do we embody this what is this all about true function well it's it it it, it, it is interesting because as this was um i received this um from men as uh the seventh wisdom teaching i begin to think about two things one was it was the seventh of the 13 wisdom teachings in other words mm. it's the one that tips us into our greatest and catapults us into our greater evolution and greater potential of our genius and our connection to the quantum field or divine genius whatever you want to call it god whatever you want to call it and when we're functioning in a traditional sense, we're, we're in an environment and we think we're operating from this identity of being in the body, then we're not functioning truly from a place of our spirit. 
Um, and let me explain a little bit more. Because of the architecture and design of the ego thought system, that separate thought system, that utilizes the body and identifies strictly as the body, you, know, you, you will die kind of thing. And it lives in fear. Of course, all physical things die. But what I found in moving beyond the body is, well, wait a second, I'm spirit. And I'm, I, I am here having this bodily experience, which is extraordinary in its own right, if you think about it to be in this communication device that can smile and love, and it can do all kinds of things for better or for worse, and that's not the point. But the idea is the invitation to, to our truest function as light beings that are here to disseminate the light and love and genius of who we are and to come from that place of our joy and deepest place of our authentic self to be in service to to others and we get caught up it seemingly or at least i did because i was really living the life in the body that was about kind of earth conquering and the comp- competition and what's in it for me and that all that kind of narcissistic way and the invitation to come into my truest function was an invitation to really be in the presence of my heart and soul and have a life experience based on love. So hopefully that that helps us to really embrace true function and the opportunity and the invitation is to function truly in the world. I think there's a, many of us think about purpose. What is my purpose? And I invite the question, well, what is my truest function? How can I live a life and lead a life based in my deepest authentic, authentic self of love and express myself fully from that place, express my genius and my gifts from that place versus living in separation and in that separation, we are offering, seeking meaning or purpose, and it's an endless search. It never ends. This is about ending the search and finding your truest function. And that's the whole idea of the genius process that says, that's not the purpose in life I want to live simply as a body. It's a very small capacity, I believe of what all humans are here to do and to be. Yeah, I think in the book, right in this section is when you, um, men talks to you about unearthing your soul, that you've unearthed your soul. You're walking in both worlds now, you've unearthed your soul. And when I read that, there were so many different ways you can you know, look at that term, unearth. You've unearthed your soul, but it really is um, a brilliant invitation for us to unearth the soul and and live from that perspective. Oh yes, yes, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I've likened the spiritual path to to what we spoke about earlier to an adventure, and you get to create your adventure. I mean, think about 
in your youth or in younger years that life was magical and it was curious and it was innocent and kind of everything was just new and exciting and what what you know what's what's over there kind of kind of experience and that's the idea of the adventure the quest to unearth to 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 go deep within the earth of our body our body is is earth I mean, literally, it's made up of the same minerals and substances and all of that as earth and to, to go deeply within there to unearth the treasures um, of our of our highest selves, of our greater truth of who we are. And that's that's what I enjoy is digging and getting my uh, hands and nails all full of good muck and mud. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay, so wisdom teaching eight is destiny. Yet, you you speak the destiny destiny is not a destination, but the journey to become our authentic selves, like we've been talking about. Help us understand what the wisdom teaching destiny is really about. Well, this is this is a wonderful time, uh, everyone, to really embrace your destiny and let's create a little context about what i mean as the invitation to embrace your destiny because oftentimes we think that life is simply a matter of fate and that life is happening to us and it's out of our control well i'm here to share and what i do share in um this wisdom teaching on destiny is life is not a matter of fate or destiny. It's a matter of both. And of course, our fated existence gives us an opportunity to transcend beyond our genes, our imprints, our traumas, to transcend beyond a life of separation and seemingly the endless seeking of finding deeper meaning and purpose in our life. Our destiny, what I found, is not known. It's like um, taking um, a hold of and tethering yourself to the greater potential of your own life. In other words, you become the co-creator of your life. And we can all become the co-creator of our life by collaborating and cooperating with nature by collaborating and cooperating with the quantum field and the divine genius in other words we do what we do in the shamanic traditions as we practice aini in other words we come into deep relationship with ourselves the planet and others an intimate relationship. And in that place of Aini, Dr. Julie, we begin to embrace a greater destiny, a destiny that is not known, but a destiny that is to be created. And it's a beautiful thing because I believe we are all people of destiny. And I believe our planet uh, is offering us an invitation to embrace this collective destiny, not just individual destiny, but it's asking us to step up and show up 
into that place of our destiny so that we can become creators with the planet so that we can live in harmony and symbiosis with mother nature so that we can regenerate our lives because we have moved into a place of really dis-ease and, and, and death. And it's not surprising because that separate operating thought system of the ego, that's what it's designed to do. And it does it very well. However, that's a life of fate. And I, for one, am choosing a life of destiny. Hmm. You know, you bring this into such simple terms in so many ways, like the the love and fear, the fate and the destiny. And um, at one point you talk about just being the love. Um, There's a quote, by living the love that we are, we remind others of the light within. This knowing is our highest service to all of humankind because it comes from the well of joy and peace, not from sacrifice. Mm, it sounds yeah. so simple, Adam. It sounds so, so simple. Is it that simple? It It, it is. Oh, yay. I'm glad it, you it, said that. Tell us it, more. It just is. We, it just is. We just make things so darn complicated, and that's the nature of the kind of linear left brain thought system of the ego that is designed to make things very complex. It doesn't want to see the simplicity that resides within the true nature of, of reality, and so I... I what I go about doing in this journey of unlearning, Julie, is to try to make it as simple as possible by offering these 13 wisdom teachings, this, 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 this map that can bridge us away from a life that no longer serves us into a life that's going to bring us our highest joy into the presence of, of the love of who we are. And the love that the universe is really composed of. And it's, while it's, you know, abstract as an idea and nonspecific as an idea, and we'll get to this in our next session, it's about unification. It's about our wholeness and the journey to ourselves as sovereign light beings that here are illuminating um, that light through us, that divine light through us into the world uh, and, and embracing others as our connection place with their light. <laughs> and thankfully, we're many of us and are showing up to share our light together. And, and I invite all of us to come together in that light and in that love. I love that. Well, it's a it's a good. Um introduction of what's yet to come at this point in the book after the first eight um the journey's getting really good um it's a page turner at this point and many pieces of your stories the threads are weaving together i i love that we'll end part three with divine doing divine being divine evolution divine involution 
and unification, like you just mentioned, what can you tell our listeners as a teaser of what's yet to come on part three? We are entering into the depths of our inner temple. The invitation to all of us is to come holy in our light and in our presence and to surrender to the depth and the beauty and magnificence of who we all are in love. Mm. You know, when you, thank you, Adam, when you said the, um, I got to go back in my notes, when we were talking about true function as being number seven in the Mayan calendar in the Mayan traditions, the Mayan tree of life, there's these 13 cycles and that seven is this turning point, this trajectory. And and so we get to this place here in the book where we are going deep, deep within and, and there's just so much richness into um, those topics that I talked about and the culmination of this story that maybe next week or next session, we're not doing it next week, in a few weeks, will be able to give the readers more about the adventure part of your story um, because I didn't want to, by any means, spoil that for the listeners. But um, (laughs) there's there's so much depth and breadth there and we're stepping into this whole new place. So thank you for that little teaser, Adam. And we have just like one minute left. If there's anything that you didn't get to say today that's on your mind, what would you want to say with our listeners? Well, these are extraordinary times, and um, it's it's a beautiful world that's now offering us, I believe, a very clear choice point. Uh, in other words, will we continue kind of a bifurcated separate path, or will we come back into the place of our interconnectivity. And one of the teachings that's coming up that we'll share in our next conversation is involution as compared to evolution. And involution is a powerful thrust of energy that emerges through us, that offers us an invitation into the divine life. And I look forward to sharing more about the divine life with each of you and ultimately what happens on the 81st day. Yeah, there's the mystery. Stay tuned for part three so you can hear what happens on the 81st day. It's, I'm looking forward to the conversation, Adam. I want to hear in your voice um, more about the 81st day and I want to hear your explanation of involution as well. Thank you for joining us again today for part two. You're so welcome. Be well. Blessings. Thank you. And listeners, here are some words from Divine Genius. Life, in fact, is all about a thousand little deaths, which allow us to gently, gracefully, and consciously evolve into our true nature of God's light in the world. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.